Hello, and thanks for checking out Money Mile. We help active people looking forward to an active financial independence, a phased retirement, and eventually leaving a meaningful legacy. Here, you get to listen to personal financial education from an expert that has been guiding people to their financial independence for over 20 years. This is not your typical financial podcast. Our content is delivered in eight to 10 minute segments that will ideally align with one mile of your long steady run each week. This could also work as part of a warm up or cool down for other workouts, but we'll leave that up to you. Most of the episodes will have a follow up action for you to take. Each conversation is designed to help you understand how to move your financial situation forward. After all, it's not what you know that counts, it's what you do. Keep in mind that if you work out, everything else will too. This is the fourth of five foundational steps to financial fitness. From our last episode, you had the homework of deciding to work on improving one smart thing you did in the prior episode. I gave you several suggestions on how to systematically improve the way you are building wealth. So please let me know what you decided on. Email me at info at wallerfc.com. In today's episode, we're talking about the fourth foundational step to financial fitness. Protect what you can't afford to lose. Life is full of ups and downs. We need to plan and work toward what we want to accomplish, but also make sure that we're ready in case things don't go our way. Here are some examples of things you should consider protecting. First, protect yourself with cash reserves. A strong cash reserve protects your ability to make good decisions and stay out of crisis mode. My guideline for cash reserves is three to six months of fixed and committed expenses that you wouldn't have covered elsewhere. Here's a quick example. If your expenses are $5,000 per month, you should consider having between $15,000 to $30,000 in cash reserve. If you also have a pension that is paying you $1,000 per month, you're really only needing to protect about $4,000 per month and therefore should be targeting between twelve dollars to $24,000 in cash reserves. It's up to you to decide if you want to include your race entry fees and your running coach in your monthly expense target as it relates to cash reserve. So that's another way you might be able to reduce that target. So if you usually spend $5,000 per month, but $1,000 of that is just stuff that you consider optional and are willing to let go, then maybe that's a different reason why you could consider having less in cash reserves, like that twelve dollars to $24,000 target. Another area you should consider in protecting yourself is a food pantry or your resources for household goods. Having 14 days worth of food in your house prevents you from scrambling around if there's a short-term supply chain issue. This does not mean you need to stockpile toilet paper, I'm just telling you that if your pantry's full, you don't have to worry so much, and it also gives you the flexibility that you can look for opportunities when things are on sale. You can stock up on the staples for your pantry uh, when things are on sale because you know you have a, a buffer to utilize. Now, I've heard some pretty colorful descriptions of cash reserves over the years. One of the most interesting I've heard of uh, can't be fully described in a podcast like this that is family-friendly, so let's just call it Foxtrot Umbrella Money. This means that if your boss or your employment situation changes in such a way that you don't feel comfortable working there anymore, you have money to fall back on. You have a reserves 
that you don't have to continue to work solely for that next paycheck. And if you need to take some time to find yourself in a better situation, you can do that. I'm a big fan of protecting yourself and maintaining that flexibility. Lots of reasons for a good cash reserve. Next thing that we're going to look at is protecting your stuff. Property and casualty insurance is the most common mechanism here. Now, here we're talking about automobile, homeowners, renters, liability insurance, that sort of thing. And, and please talk to a reputable and responsible property casualty insurance agent about the specifics and review it at least once a year. If you just bought a brand new TT bike, you might want to ask your agent about whether or not you should have special coverage for your bike. A pro tip here is that if you have an effective cash reserve in place, you may be able to increase your deductible levels for insurance and spend less on the premium each month. The next area is protecting your health and ability to get better through medical insurance. Health insurance is a touchy subject these days, so I'll try to stay away from the politics. I encourage you to have medical insurance regardless of your situation. Keep the deductibles and out-of-pocket amounts in mind as you're building your cash reserves. I suggest that your cash reserve should be at least twice your maximum out-of-pocket amount. Additionally, consider using a high deductible plan that allows for a health savings account. This will be particularly helpful if premiums on traditional insurance are a cash flow burden. There is a strong argument from a planning perspective that the health savings account is one of the best accounts out there and is only second to the matching contribution on an employer-sponsored plan. If you have the capacity to save into one, I would highly recommend it. The next area is protect your income, disability insurance. Your ability to earn an income is usually your biggest asset earlier in your career and is still a significant asset for most people right up until retirement. Most employers give you an option for at least some level of coverage here. I encourage you to consider long-term disability insurance as an additional option. If you get sick and can't work for a month, well, that's what cash reserves are for. Long-term disability can be financially and emotionally devastating, so I highly recommend you check out that benefit through work. The next area is protect your heirs through life insurance. If others depend on you, you should assess your situation to determine if your survivors would need to have additional resources beyond what you've already accumulated. If you have enough financial resources to pass on to your heirs that they would be comfortable, you may not need life insurance. If you do not have enough resources, consider applying for term insurance to cover the difference and get to work building your own resources so you don't need life insurance any longer. If you don't have a better number for a death benefit, start with 10 times your annual income and then work on getting a better number. With many term insurance policies, you can reduce the amount of the death benefit midstream if you want to. So start with something and be willing to adapt. This area also involves estate planning. There are a wide range of options and strategies you can use. I suggest start with something. Even if it is you sitting down at the table with a pen and a piece of paper, do something. Some key areas to address are what happens if you pass away? Who would you want to have care for your children? And who gets your stuff? I would also recommend that you consider that if you are still alive but not able to make decisions on your own behalf, who do you want making those decisions? All of the people that you've identified in this plan needs to understand that you would be asking them to step into a role with your estate plan. So make sure they have access to documents authorizing them to step in. The next area here is long-term care. 
I consider this protecting your portfolio. If you are over the age of 45, you should be considering your options regarding long-term care. This is one of the largest risks most of us will face in our lifetime. Accordingly, the premiums can be quite high for this type of insurance. Some additional thoughts and considerations are definitely warranted in this area. If you have no assets to protect, long-term care insurance may not be a priority for you. If you have a tremendous amount of money, like $10 million in the bank, you could likely self-insure. The folks that really need to focus on this and pay deliberate attention to making a decision about how they want to handle it are the folks in the middle, let's say between $500,000 and $3 million of assets. There are some great ways to protect your portfolio against the risk of long-term care expenses, but many of them are situationally dependent. Please consult a financial planner who can help educate you on your options regarding insurance and self-insurance. That wraps up Financial Fitness Foundation Number 4, Protecting What You Can't Afford to Lose. We probably could have had a separate episode on each of these topics, but I'm trying to keep it pretty high level in these episodes. I don't want to bog you down on your long run with too many specific details. If you have to stop running and take notes, I don't think I'm doing my job here. Feel free to go back and listen to the episode again if need be, and email any questions to info at wallerfc.com. And now for today's homework. In today's episode, we talked about six things you cannot afford to lose. We all know that you can't do six things at once. So for your homework from this episode is to pick one area that we discussed today and verify that you are on the right path or fix it. Once you've decided what you're going to do, please email me at info at wallerfc.com. I look forward to hearing from you. In our next episode, I will talk about financial fitness foundation number five, use debt wisely. Please keep in mind that these are not specific recommendations pertaining to your individual situation as this is an educational format. I hope this has been valuable for you. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you again next time on Money Mile.